Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Welcome back to the airwaves of the voice of the Cape 91.3 FM and 95.8 in the Boland. Alhamdulillah, it is Monday the 26th of February 2018 already, and that corresponds with the 10th of Jamad al-Akhir 1439. A huge shukran to our producer, and that is Khanita Kamar. Just to remind our listeners that you can participate in the program by sending us your questions or comments via the SMS line, and that is 47913. Alternatively via WhatsApp on the number 0722380712. Now this evening we are focusing on one of the major stories of the past week. The 2018 budget speech and Minister Malusi Gigaba's announcement of a 1% point hike in VAT. A decision that has been fiercely criticised. Just to recap very quickly, Higaba said the government was going to hike the rate of VAT for the first time in 25 years, and that is from 14% to 15%. And this is to help the 48 billion shortfall in revenue collections and pay for free tertiary education for poor and lower middle class households. VAT was first introduced in 1991 at a rate of 10% before it was increased to 14% in 1993. Now to try and soften the VAT blow for the poorest households, Kigaba announced above inflation hikes in social grant values that would result in an extra 2.6 billion going to social grants. Many analysts believe Gigaba's VAT hike is a highly controversial decision considering the high levels of poverty and equality in South Africa. Opposition parties, trade unions and civil society organizations are not having this. Already we have seen civil society mobilizing a petition against the decision. Of the weekend, Democratic Alliance leader Musi Maimani launched the party's own national petition opposing the VAT increase. We also heard that the South African Federation of Trade Unions, their leadership will meet next month and could recommend strikes to protest against the hike in the rate of VAT. SAFTU leader Zuelan Zimavavi said former President Nelson Mandela and Thabumbeki had never touched the VAT rate because they knew what punishing effect it would have on the, pew, on the poor. Now this evening on the burning issue we ask, should government halt the VAT hike? For this discussion we are joined online by Erwin Mallory, who is the, an alternative information development center. And then we also have Siba Balwa Chilitishana from Equal Education. Uh, Erwin, a very good evening to you. Good evening, Regan. Uh, thanks for joining us here on the airwaves of The Voice of the Cape. Do we have Siba Balwe online? Baba Balwe, good evening. Good evening, Ridwan. Uh, thanks for joining us and you from Equal Education, if I'm correct. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Now, let's start with Owen very quickly. I'm sure you've heard my introduction and really it just goes around the 1% uh, point hike in VAT. There's been strong opposition against it, uh, for example, from trade unions, uh, civil society, opposition parties alike. What is your overall comments on the 2018 budget speech? Well, overall, uh, I believe this budget is an austerity budget, or I should ever call it an anti-poor budget, because this VAT increase is going to hurt the poorest of the South Africans. And uh, I'm amazed to see that two-thirds of the revenue increase the government decided for this year fall into those poorest by 
by increasing the VAT. And I feel this is the wrong direction. Like, we should have increased the wealth tax in, instead or increased even more the personal income tax. But no, they decided to make the poorest pay. And yeah, I feel, I feel it's, wrong, it's wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Okay, Siba Balwe, from your side, what is your overall comments on the 2018 budget speech? I think the first point would be much like Erwin that we are opposed to the 1% VAT increase because as he said, it hurts the most vulnerable people in our society and those are people coming from poor to low income households. But secondly, we have seen great decreases mm-hmm. in the education budget and particularly in the infrastructure grants that are funding the, the provisioning and, and the building of, of school infrastructure. So for, for us as equal education that works in the education sector, that means that uh, we are displeased with that um, and I think furthermore would speak to how anti-poor the budget is because the budget is a measure that's supposed to to redistribute the the you know the revenue that comes into the country and what we're seeing is, is a more regressive tax measure that has been implemented mm-hmm. well okay let's go back to Owen very very quickly now that having been said as we said we're asking the question should government halt the VAT hike uh, the question is, why, in your view, should National Treasury halt or reconsider the proposed VAT hike? Well, in our opinion, like, the government has decided to make the poor pay for the previous mistakes the government did, and for the corruption, uh, people are not responsible for. And we believe, like, the VAT should be, uh, the VAT increase should be cancelled, because you have alternative ways to found the gap, the revenue gap we have seen in the last uh, mid-term budget in October. For example, we believe that the wealth tax could raise a good amount of of revenue for the Treasury. Uh, We all know that South Africa is the most unequal country in the world, and still we see no wealth tax. Why is it so? Uh, We also believe that if uh, we decide to have an equal way to fund this gap revenue, we should focus even more on on the personal income tax, or maybe decide to create a tax on uh, on um, illicit financial flow, or at least stop illicit financial flow properly. I mean, they mentioned it in the budget, but will they really act on this? We still need to see proper action on this subject. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, Siba Bawe, from your side, maybe just your comment uh, of view on should National Treasury and why should they then either reconsider or hold the proposed VAT hike? Mm. So the introduction of a broad-based VAT um that tax in South Africa was introduced being aware of the fact that we live in an unequal society. And so what was done was, apart from the fact that everyone would be charged sort of the same tax rate, um, there was a list of goods called the zero-rated goods. And these are a list of 19 products that are exempt from being charged that increase. But the biggest problem that we're seeing is that families from poor to low-income households don't necessarily consume much of the goods that make up that list, which means that Despite the fact that um, one of the ways to offset the increase in that is that, oh, but there's a, a zero-rated goods basket and the fact that social grants have increased, the, the, the fact still remains that um, necessary goods which, which people use aren't on that list. And we're talking things such as sanitary towels, poultry, um, white bread, and also the cost of providing an education is also going to increase. That means educational materials, 
um, are going to increase, uh, or rather the prices of educational materials are going to increase, and parents who have to pay to take their schools are going to have to pay more for school uniform and for for, um, textbooks. Now, if you just consider all of those facts, it then becomes clear why the VAT hasn't increased since 1993. This, you know, the, 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 the disproportionate pressure that it would put on poor and low-income households has always been at the forefront of why the VAT has maintained where it has. And so it is, it is very disappointing to see that even, you know, at a time like this in South Africa, we are not prioritizing our poor people who are the most vulnerable in our society. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, Sipa Baldwin, I mean, you, mm-hmm. you know, one of the co- concerns I have is the issue that uh, one of the comments that um, uh, that was made, for example, is that this whole, uh, partly uh, the the VAT hike, is to pay for free tertiary education for poor and lower middle class households. That's my question. Do stay on the line. Hold that thought. We're going to go for a quick ad break. And when we come back, we'll continue with the burning issue. With food prices on the up, Mother of Plain Food Emporium keeps them down. Get fresh A-grade whole half lamb at 79.99 per kilo. Fresh prime whole half sheep mutton at 69.99 per kilo. 10 kilo box chicken leg and thighs at 239.99. And fresh T-bone club steaks at 69.99 per kilo. A-grade, top quality at affordable prices. Mother of Plain in Town Center Mitchell's Plain. Call 021-391-3096. Secure parking is available only at Mother of Plain. Start 2018 on the right foot and in the right seat because from as little as 6,777 rand a month, you can get in the driver's seat of the luxurious Mercedes-Benz C-Class. To find out more about this incredible offer, visit mbworld.co.za or Mercedes-Benz Claremont today. T's and C's apply. Offer calculated on a Mercedes-Benz C180 at prime interest rate of 10.5% linked. Agility financed by Mercedes-Benz Financial Services and authorized FSP and registered credit provider Mercedes-Benz Claremont the best or nothing Join Legend Tours on our upcoming 12 nights guided group tour to Spain and Turkey departing 5th September 2018 For just 28,900 rands per person sharing spend 5 nights travelling through the history of Islamic Spain Al-Andalus and experience 7 nights in Turkey visiting the silk capital of Bursa and the iconic sites of Istanbul This rate includes return airfare accommodation with breakfast and dinner, guided group tours in both countries and a farewell dinner cruise on the Bosphorus. Rate excludes Spanish visa. Terms and conditions apply. Call 021-704-9140 or visit our website legendtours.co.za. Legend Tours, your preferred travel management company. Are you serious about your health? Unleash the magical powers of nature through the majestic qualities of Zanburi Mangosteen Juice. Its magical healing properties is excellent for diabetes, cancer, arthritis, eczema, to name but a few of its benefits. For more information or orders, visit our website nabua.com. That's na-bua.com. Or phone 083-565-1892 for your mangosteen juice. Live from Cape Town, this is the Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM.
Welcome back to the burning issue. And if you have just joined us, we're asking the question, should government halt the VAT hike? If you would like to participate in the program, you can give us your comment or question via the SMS line, and that's 47913. Alternatively, via WhatsApp on the number 0722380712. Now, we are joined online still by Erwin Mallory, who is with the Alternative Information Development Center, as well as Sibabawa Chilitishana, who is with Equal Education. Now, Sibabawa, when... Uh, before we took the ad break, I mentioned to you the issue around uh, the motivation, you know, that part of the, this 1% will look to address the mm-hmm. issue of free tertiary education for poor and lower middle class households. Just a quick comment around that. Okay, so from our analysis, we've actually found that because there was a 48.2 billion rand um, revenue shortfall, in the 2017 uh, financial year, this is one of the driving factors for why we have seen such a, you know, a radical anti-poor and regressive tax measure to try and sort of plug this hole in in the in the economy's fiscus. And then the next biggest policy, you know, change that we've seen has been the higher education funding. And as equal education, we we welcome the much needed and desperately needed investment in higher education but in this fact it's actually been at the expense of basic education so from our point of view the vat has really been there to try and raise the revenue collected by you know national treasury and government and what has been done is in order to finance then free free higher education there's been a reallocation of funds that uh, came from baseline reductions so for instance basic education um, has a 3.6 billion rand um, decrease in its infrastructure grants across the next three years. And all of, you know, one can, can only guess that if there's such a great uh, decrease, it has to be redirected to higher education, which has contrastly gotten 57 billion over the next three years. So you can see that, it, in fact, it's, it's, it's less about the debt being to finance free higher education, but funds have been reprioritized from other important spending priorities. Mm-hmm. Uh, Owen, now, I mean, also, if you listened to Siba Bawe earlier, she mentioned the issue around uh, the zero-rated foodstuffs, uh, particularly, for example, uh, my information, meat and chicken products are not included in the zero-rated. What is your comment on that? Well, obviously, this list is very restrictive, uh, only 19 products. I mean, this is nothing. We all know we have much more needs than just 19 products. Uh, we all need FN, for example, and uh, this is not included on the list. So, I mean, the least the government could have done was to increase this list to take into consideration the, the poor South Africans that, you know, re- rely on cheap goods and services like daily needed goods and services, so increasing this list would have been uh, at least a relief compared to this 1% that increased. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then quickly, how do you view the VAT hike in the context of continuous rise of the cost of living in South Africa? Well, uh, in my opinion, this uh, shows how the government over the years has prioritized uh, foreign investors over the people. I mean, we can see that Ramaphosa's budget is about austerity, is about reassuring foreign investors that they can come in South Africa, mm-hmm. but that doesn't even take into account poor South Africans. I mean, and the result is that cost, like the living cost in South Africa is increasing for us, for the people, uh, on the sake of 
international investment. That should not be the priority. The priority should be the people and service delivery done to them, like essential services such as education and health. That mm-hmm. should be the priority, not investment. So what, in a nutshell, what are your demands as civil society? Well, in our opinion, uh, the VAT the increase should be counted. And instead, alternative where a funding service delivery program and job creation program should be found. Wealth tax is an option. An, in, an higher personal income tax on the high income earner is another option. A tax on speculation could be also an option. We have quite a lot of food to find new uh, revenue and limit spending as well. For example, we could look at the side of the pension fund in South Africa, which are overfunded by the state and which could give uh, raise, which could give room for all the more important spending. Or maybe we could look at the debt and realize that a lot of our money every year is going into paying back the interest on the debt. Why shouldn't we call an audit on the debt and see which one is legitimate and which one we shouldn't maybe pay or not pay back the interest on? Mm-hmm. This is, like this shows we have a lot of room. And uh, and so the vast increase wasn't a good choice. And cutting into uh, grant infrastructure wasn't a good choice either. Okay, see, but always, you know, on the issue around the vet hike, what are your demands then uh, with regards to this issue? Well, I think to echo Aaron as well, it would be that firstly, the the VAT increase should, you know, should be striked. It should not happen. It is a regressive tax measure. And also, secondly, that the budget needs to be used as an, intru- as, as, as an instrument that advances progressive realization of socioeconomic rights in South Africa. And that's just not what we've seen. It doesn't redistribute um, what, in fact, what it does is it puts more pressure on income households that already have a very limited budget to work with. Um, we are calling that uh, the national budget needs to reverse the reductions that it has made in the education department because as soon as the, the department has less money, what in fact what it does is it compromises the kind of education and the quality of education that we can provide to our, our learners in South Africa. And we cannot, uh, you know, disregard the interdependence between basic education and higher education. And if our learners are struggling to get through um, basic education, by the time they, they receive a fee free higher education, it won't matter anymore because they would have gone to, they would have gone to schools with, without, made of inappropriate structures that have directly impacted or even endangered their household. They wouldn't have not been taught by well qualified teachers and would have maybe not even received scholar transport on their ways to school. So these are just some of the issues that we're talking about is that if the budget is limited, um, it, it it, it compromises the kind of service that you can deliver and essentially also hampers the social mobility that poor and low middle class learners in this country can go. Okay. Well, Babawa, Asiba Babawa, thanks very much for your time and your comment. Owen, to you as well. And as we said, Owen from the Alternative Information Development Center and Asiba Babawa from Equal Education. Thanks very much for your contribution and participation in the program this evening. On that note, we say to you a very good evening. Good evening and thanks. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. 100 Rand, sponsor a stationary pack. Call Muslim Hands today on 021-633-6413 or visit muslimhands.org.za and donate generously. Muslim Hands, united for the needy. Live from Cape Town, this is the Voice of the Cape.
Welcome back to the burning issue here on the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM and 95.8 in the Boland. And if you have just joined us, we asked the question, should government halt the VAT hike? Now, earlier we were doing a brief introduction into last week's budget speech by Finance Minister Malusi Gigamba. And for the following couple of minutes, we want to unpack the proposed tax hike, which has upset a lot of South Africans. Could the VAT hike have been avoided? And why should government reconsider this decision? Now, we are joined online by Toko Madonko, who is with the Heinrich Buhl Foundation. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that correct. Toko, very good evening to you. Yes, good evening, everyone. Maybe you can just uh, help me a bit, uh, the foundation that you're from? It's a German uh, foundation that works, it's uh, based in Cape Town, but we work in Southern Africa. So we're based in South Africa, Zimbabwe, and Namibia. Okay, awesome stuff. Now, Toko, maybe just before we get into the, to the VAT, what is your overall comments on the 2018 budget speech? Um, well, I think, you know, it's, it's been a tough um, uh, process in terms of, what we've come through in the in the age of corruption and maladministration and the excitement of the possibility of a new kind of um, way of doing things in, in South Africa at the moment. And the Budget 2018 was an opportunity to clearly indicate what options they could have been to provide relief for poor and working class South Africans. And unfortunately, that didn't happen. Um, and so overall, it, yes, we're in a very tough economic environment, but I think the minister could have presented a very different budget for 2018. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks very much for that introduction. Now, maybe just for our listeners' benefit, could you explain to us, you know, what is that and why is it considered a regressive tax? Okay, so uh, that is a value-added tax. It's considered a a flat tax. Um, We also refer to it as an indirect tax because you don't pay it. It's it's kind of paid in in ways that are not from you directly paying to the revenue fund. So like SARS, when you pay um, what's taken from your salary or whatever it might be. So it's a recognition that on the sale of goods and services, there is value within that that each um, uh, kind of good or service provides, and you want to have an opportunity to have a percentage of that value come back into the state coffers. So it's really, um, it's a a global standard. It it takes place, many countries use it, Um, but it, it is an indirect tax, and the main issue with it is that it doesn't distinguish between rich and poor. So I could be uh, coming from a household that's earning two, three million rand, and I still pay 15% on um, a can of Coke, for example, whereas a poor household that's earning two pension, uh, old age pension, equivalent of old age pensions, would be paying 15% on that can of Coke as well. So it's considered regressive because it doesn't take into consideration the inequity between my earning power and purchasing power as a wealthy person, for example, versus my um, 
uh, earning power and purchasing power as a lower to poorer um, income household. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks very much. So there we have an, a, a very quite clear and precise you know, definition or explanation in terms of what VAT is and also the issue around a regressive tax. Now, let's remind our listeners that we are joined online by Toko Madonko. And if you would like to contribute to the program, you can send us your questions or comment via the SMS line, and that is 47913. Alternatively, via WhatsApp on the number 0722380712. Now, I have a message here from one. 596. I think the message is somewhat incomplete. It says, I see so many so-called poor people wearing expensive tackies and having smartphones and even have many children. Uh, and then the, uh, just maybe if you could resend the message, you know, a complete message, uh, we'll really appreciate that. Uh, but Toko, just another question then. Now we've spoken about this. Why should the National Treasury halt the proposed VAT hike. Because that's what social, so civil society is calling for. We believe trade unions are calling for it, um, opposition parties. But why, in your view, uh, should National Treasury halt the proposed VAT hike? Okay, so there's two very important components to your question. The one is that it's it's pretty much recognized that, uh, as I mentioned, value added tax is regressive because it doesn't take into account the inequitable relations between rich and poor. Mm -hmm. And so it will disproportionately affect poorer households than it does wealthier households. And so in a situation where we are in such an economically constrained environment, to take money out of people's pockets is, is really problematic for poor to working class um, and households who need that money to be able to engage in the economy, but also to think beyond just mere survival. So we also want to have people being able to contribute meaningfully into the economy rather than taking that ability away from them by, by you know, reducing their, their purchasing power. The second component is that, um, well, sorry, within that, Treasury should have explained to us very clearly why they decided to choose to increase VAT by one percentage point. On what basis did they make that choice? Mm -hmm. We don't know. You can read what was was tabled, the, the budget speech, the budget documents. Nowhere does it clearly say these are the different scenarios and based on this scenario and the impact that it's likely to have on the economy, VAT is our best option. So this is the second reason why one could argue that it needs to be halted or rejected at the moment is because Treasury and the Minister have not presented a proposal that has been based on a participatory process. We haven't been able to have a clear debate on the implications of this one percentage point increase on VAT. And because it's such a fundamental shift to our tax policy that it needs proper consultation, there needs to be outreach to hear what poorer communities feel about their current situation, what they can currently do on their conditional, um, sorry, on their, their, their grants and so forth. So th- there's multiple layers to this, this um, uh, question around VAT. And, and one of them not is, is to remember that participation is key. It's one of our founding principles in our constitution. And essentially the minister has presented a proposal to increase that. It's now up to Parliament to accept that proposal or not. And so we're also calling on Parliament to play their role as um, uh, an institution that 
provides for participation as well. So outside of the fact that, you know, very strongly there's research shown that VAT is regressive, it hurts the poor disproportionately, but it also then even further hurts women disproportionately mm-hmm. um, because of the role that women play in the economy and the, the responsibilities they have. So it's, it is critical that we consider a full participatory process in making these decisions that have such a huge impact on people's daily lives. Mm -hmm. Well, Minister Gigamba went to great lengths to emphasize that although the VAT proposal will increase the cost of living for all households, the current zero rating of paraffin and basic food items, for example, will limit the impact on the poorest households. In your view, will zero rating specific goods help the poor? So currently, um, as your speaker spoke earlier, there are 19 zero-rated um, uh, foodstuffs, and there's also, as you mentioned, the, the paraffin. Mm-hmm. So the, the issue here is, one, it's a misunderstanding of what poorer households actually need to survive and what they use and how they cope with uh, limited resources. So there's an excellent um, research unit in based in Peter Maritzburg called Paxa that have done a lot of work on the, the basic food basket. So what is it that um, poorer or lower income households are using to be able to feed themselves, keep a roof over their head, all those different components. And many of those goods and services are not zero rated. So you could have a conversation about, all right, let's expand the zero-rated items, which is important um, for for women and, and young girls. We are interested in sanitary towels. Um, you know, they should be zero-rated, uh, given given what the, that they play an important role in women's hygiene and reproductive health. So I think it's it's. It's important to say, yes, let's expand the possibility of the zero-rated items. But there's actually something else we could do. We could increase the value-added tax on high-luxury goods. So goods that really don't add any value to the economy, mm-hmm. but are nice to have in one day. Maybe if you're super wealthy, you would like a jet or a yacht <laughs> or... Um, I mean, we were trying to think through what kinds of really expensive items that could then incur a higher uh, VAT rating. Um, And then you could bring in money from those luxury goods, which wealthier households can afford. Um, So, you know, there there isn't an issue with saying let's increase VAT on luxury goods. Um, And that wouldn't be regressive because it isn't something that um, prohibits you from leading a, 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 a good lifestyle if you don't buy a yacht, for example. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, time is really quickly catching up with us, uh, Toko. I've got two questions still. Uh, the one, for example, explain the concept of a progressive tax, because you, you spoke about the fact that that is considered regressive. Is this something, mm. uh, a concept such as a progressive tax and redistributive policy? Absolutely. So what's considered um, progressive taxes are your personal income tax and your corporate income tax. So you'll look at um, uh, personal income taxes based on your income, Income. so your Mm -hmm. salary, and you will pay a percentage uh, rate on your income. And what they've done traditionally is you have certain tax brackets, and so you will pay a particular rate um, in tax on your particular bracket. 
So it becomes, it is progressive because it's basically you pay a percentage of what you can afford. So the wealthier you are, the more you pay. Mm-hmm. The less wealthy you are, the less you pay. And so it takes into account the inequitable arrangement in income. And those who have can provide more. Those who don't have as much can only provide as much as they, I do they like, have. I do like this word equitable because we've been speaking about inequity. So I do like the word equitable. Last question mm-hmm. very quickly to you. Uh, should public submissions uh, you know, be overwhelming in objecting to the VAT hike? What options will the government have? Okay, so essentially, Parliament—it's now the ball is in in Parliament's court, unless the cab, unless um, the finance minister uh, decides to to review what he's um, tabled, but it's unlikely. So now it's up to the 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 relevant finance committees in Parliament to make a recommendation that they halt the the change in the VAT for uh, greater participation and then they can accept the rest of the, the budget proposal. Um, this is something that has not been done. So this will be the first time that Parliament is exercising its full powers in relation to amending money bills. So it's important for people to know that the budget is a proposal that then becomes a bill that then becomes an act. So right now, we are deliberating on the bill, the proposal that Cabinet, um, in, in terms of the Minister of Finance, has proposed. And now it's up to our parliamentarians to vote yay or nay to it. And so what we're arguing is, and what many civil society groups are saying is, for now, Parliament, you need to halt approving this um, VAT increase until we've seen proper participation and until we've seen Treasury provide us with a clear account of why they came to this decision. Mm -hmm. Well, on that participatory note, I want to express my sincere appreciation and thanks uh, to uh, Toko Madonko for your contribution. It certainly has been a pleasure and informative having you here on our program this evening. A very big thanks for your participation and a very good evening. Thanks, everyone. The Voice of the Cape. 91.3 91.3 FM Stereo The Burning Issue with Ridwan Ahmed Welcome back to The Burning Issue in the concluding segment and we continue to ask the question should government halt the VAT hike? Now in the last few minutes we are going to conclude the discussion on the VAT hike and also maybe look at some of your messages. Now just to share his thoughts on the discussion this evening we are joined online by Sibongile Chabolala who is with the Treatment Action Campaign. Uh, Sibongile, very good evening to you. Good evening and thank you for having me in this discussion. Thanks very much. Uh, as a health advocacy organization, how do you view the proposed hike in VAT? Uh, we are very worried because most of our members are from the poor community and we represent the people who are poor. Uh, when we are talking the, the, the hike in VAT, 15% is too much because more, more people who are going to pay or who will be taxed by this VAT are, are more poor. Um, if you, if, if, if you uh, for an example, you can look, uh, when we, 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 we have to access healthcare services, one, one person has to go, some they have to take two or three taxes to, 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 the, to the health facility. And while you take that, 
two or three taxes, you'll pay that time three because you'll have to pay a, a, pay a taxi back, which is, uh, that is included there. And while you are sitting the whole day there without anything to eat, you have to go out to the other shop, which will be there. You, 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 you'll have to pay that. And at the end of the day, you won't even access adequate healthcare services. So this uh, hike in VEC, it means more poor people will be more poor and those who are rich because as the country we are still subsidizing a private sector, the more that it's going to go to those who can afford. So as TAC or as civil society, we are worried and we are not supporting the hike in VEX. Just a reminder, listeners, that we are speaking to Shibongile Chabalala, who is with the Treatment Action Campaign, a civil society organization. We're getting their comments on the issue around should government halt the VAT hike. Now, we've heard, for example, previously on the discussion around inequity, this uh, proportionate effect uh, on the poor versus the rich. Uh, what about a participatory process? And on what basis was a decision taken to increase the the VAT by 1%. Now, Sibungile, uh, I, I hear what you're saying with regards to the public health sector. Anything else that you wish to share with our listeners as regards your concern as a civil society organization with regards to the VAT hike and what are you doing about it? Uh, we, 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 have, we have launched a statement as a civil society uh, 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 organization which is, to, is joined by uh, several organizations, including Section 27, Equal Education, Oxfam, Unite Behind, uh, Institute for, 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 for Justice Economics. So, as, as civil society, we are, we are, we are, we are, we, are, we demand few things which we want the budget to be used as an instrument to advance the progressive realization of social economic rights in the Constitution in respect of the, uh, uh, in respect the interests and needs of most marginalized. And we also support the fight against the state capture and corruption because it mostly affects us as poor community. Today we are talking about the healthcare system that is, 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 is in crisis in every province in the country because of the corruption that is undergoing in the country. And we are concerned about the, 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 the growing pressures for budget, for budget that is arising for people to be able to, to, to be able to loot, to loot. So as, as, as civil society, we are not happy about the hiking of that and we are extremely concerned uh, about the implication of this uh, halt in, 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 in the hike of, of, of that. Mm. So we, 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 are, we, are, we are pushing and we, we, we have thought of approaching a, a, a treasury uh, about this and we want to and we will continue to engage our government based on, the, on, on, on what has, has just happened. Okay, Sibongile, now what can we, for example, as civil servants in a civil society, what can we do as citizens to aid in this particular process? We need to engage the, 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 the we need to engage um, the, the the structures that are there. We need to be in, in, engage uh, um, uh, treasury, even if we have to use our own laws, which is constitution, because 
We, we, we are equal in the face of the law, and we have a right to food, of which that right will be, will, will be violated if that is more higher. More people will be, who won't be able to buy a, a, a nutritious food or adequate food for, for their children or their families. So we need to engage the government, and if we have to do what TAC did to take our government to court, let it be because what has just happened, we, we, we as poor community, we didn't cause for, 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 for the country to be in debt. So those who are responsible, they have to pay back the money. And we have to make sure that every citizen goes out and voice out our voices to say, we cannot pay 15%, that is too much, while we are living under these poor conditions mm-hmm. we are living in. Well, so there certainly is, you know, a call for civil society to make their voices heard. My attention very quickly to the WhatsApp line, there's a message that says, can electricity not be zero rated? Another one from 0115 says, Salam Ridwan, Will soon play Candy Crush every day unemployed. Another one says, Salam, education funded fine 15% VAT. So there goes 90 Rand. How can you live on 1.7 as a pensioner? Well, once again, a very big shukran to our listeners for their participation uh, to the program called The Burning Issue here on The Voice of the Cape. Uh, Sibungeli Chabalala from the Treatment Action Campaign. Thanks very much for your.